Graham Harrell's homecoming did not go as planned really in any facet of the game for the Mountaineers. You are listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Ryan Decker and Sam Coniglio here with you after West Virginia's lopsided loss on the road in Lubbock at Texas Tech, 48-10 the final score. And Sam, really, nothing went West Virginia's way in this game, and it, it was kind of almost felt decided very early on in this contest. Yeah, the the we knew what Texas Tech was about. We knew they were going to run a lot of plays. They were going to really try to move the ball quickly, um, snap the ball quickly. And, and really, Texas Tech, from the outset, was able to do whatever they wanted, um, especially, especially on offense. Um, but on the other side, WVU's offense kind of faltered um, from, from a big week on Thursday against Baylor, last Thursday I should say. Today, they, they, they made about half their production is what they did right. against Baylor. So yeah, just, just not, a, not a great day for WVU football. Um, out on the field. Yeah, Texas Tech came into this game averaging just over 100 yards, or I'm sorry, 100 plays per game, and they did that once again against West Virginia, taking you through this game. If you didn't see it, Mountaineers fell behind 14-zip in a flash as the WVU defense limited the Red Raider offense after that to just three points in the rest of the first half. WVU trailed 17-3 to at halftime, had a chance to add on to that score, but couldn't do so. Texas Tech, though, scored quickly in the third quarter to uh, push that margin back out. WVU scored its first touchdown of the game with five minutes and five seconds left to play in the third quarter. It was 31-10 at that point. You're thinking, okay, maybe West Virginia's getting a little bit of momentum late in the game. Mountaineers did not score after that. Final 48-10. Red Raiders get the victory, tied for the most lopsided loss in the Neil Brown era for the Mountaineers. So, uh, Sam, looking at this game, you know, it, we knew Texas Tech, as you said, was going to run a lot of plays. We knew Texas Tech was going to go for it on fourth down a good bit, which they did. What we didn't foresee was West Virginia having the offensive struggles that they did have in this game. Yeah, the, the fact of the matter is when you play a team like Texas Tech, you're going to get a lot of chances to score, the, to score points. Even, if Tex, even though Texas Tech scored 48 points, that was still a winnable game if WV was able to execute on offense because they had so many possessions. Texas Tech leaves a lot of time on the clock. Um, but, again, they, they just couldn't do it. They started the game off with a three and out. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, with I mean, let me look at it here real quick. Before, yeah, it was, it was 8.35 and it was already 14-0. WV had only run three, three offensive plays. Um, they were able to get some points back on the next drive, but, I mean, they were matching three Texas Tech scores for one WVU score every single trip. So, yeah, just not, not a successful formula if you're trying to, if you're trying to win in, in the Big 12. Yep, for sure. Texas Tech was uh, just going through some of the stats here. Six of seven on fourth down in this game. They started the game six for six, and the Red Raiders came in attempting on fourth down tries more than any other team in the FBS. 594 yards of total offense for Texas Tech, and it could have been more than that if the Red Raiders would have kept their foot on the pedal there in the fourth quarter. JT Daniels, he did struggle in this game. We'll talk about that in a second. 23 of 36, just 194 yards passing. One touchdown, three interceptions and here's the big difference in the game if you're looking at just one single stat 
red zone points. It's something that West Virginia, at least scoring touchdowns, has struggled with this year. Texas Tech, 38 points in the red zone on Saturday. West Virginia, just three. But uh, Sam, we'll get into JT Daniels, like I said, in just a second. But the red zone, a big discrepancy there on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the, both teams were perfect in the red zone, but WVU only made it in there once. You know, they just could not move the ball. It was just, it was a struggle. Um, they, they were able to get some small chunk plays here and there, but, I mean, as far as just moving the ball down the field, they just could not do it. Um, and, 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 Texas Tech, it seemed like they were able to kind of do whatever they wanted. It, it was, I don't mean to make this comparison. I'm not trying to say that Baron Morton is any, anywhere remotely close to Tom Brady, but it looked like those Patriot Tom Brady offenses where he just steps back, takes one step, and just fires it. He knows exactly mm -hmm. who the open receiver is going to be. That's how the Texas Tech uh, offense looked today. And they were able to just march down the field, WVU, simply could not get in the red zone. They couldn't even get in the scoring positions. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it really offensively, it didn't seem like Texas Tech was doing anything overly flashy, overly intricate. It was just simply, like like you said, get the ball into Morton's hands, quick pass or a quick run in, in some cases, and Texas Tech did that very well on Saturday as well. And no matter what they did, they had success. But JT Daniels, let's let's talk about him for a second. Three interceptions. A couple of those really were just good plays made by the defensive player for Texas Tech, but three INTs, a, a high since he's been to WVU, and just hit him in the offense, unable to get it done. Yeah, a few underthrows there for, for some of those interceptions. Um, you know, the, the ball just didn't seem like it was going where he wanted it to go, per se. And Again, a talking point ahead, ahead of the game, it was a talking point they didn't want to talk about, but you know the wind at, at Jones AT&T Stadium. Obviously, we can't use that as, as an excuse now because they dismissed it in, in, in the week leading up. Mm -hmm. But regardless, the ball wasn't going where he wanted it to go. And then this is his first three interception game as, as, a, as a Mountaineer quarterback. So you know, definitely a day to forget for uh, JT Daniels. You mentioned the wind there, at least in the pregame weather report, where the wind was supposed to be blowing out from, at least the uh, interception that he threw, he was trying to get it to brace on the far sideline. That would have been going into the wind, so that wind could have knocked that one down. I uh, can't remember the, the, the specifics on some of those other interceptions, but that is one where the wind could have played a factor if it stayed the course of where it was supposed to be blowing out of uh, in the pregame weather report. Looking at two other key stats here, WVU's rushing attack held to just 73 rushing yards. Really, no one could get going on the ground, and there were some uh, some injuries there possibly in the running back room. Good thing on that note, I guess, was that C.J. Donaldson is back in action for the Mountaineers. It was great seeing him out on the field once again for WVU. Final stat here to take a look at. Texas Tech came into the game with the worst turnover, turnover margin in the Big 12, I should say. Forces four turnovers from the Mountaineers and scores 17 points off of those turnovers. Turnovers has been kind of a story of games for WVU this year and was once again. Yeah, again, we, we kind of spoke about JT Daniels already, but, but the fact of the matter is Texas Tech was able to, uh, to capitalize on those turnovers. Um, 17 points off of four turnovers. WVU, zero points off of turnovers. So, I mean, it's even even before analytics, this stat was you know what is it like 80 percent of the time if you win the turnover battle you're gonna win a football game. Something around that. Yeah. Something like that. I, I mean, so so if somebody wants to cite me, hit me on Twitter at Sam Caniglio. But other than that, I mean, yeah, that's that's that. 
just killer, just killer. Yep, certainly was. So that's what stood out to us following West Virginia's 48-10 loss against Texas Tech. Here is head coach Neil Brown after the game speaking to what stood out to him and giving his thoughts on that loss. Not a whole lot to say. That was complete domination. Um, first, I'll, I'll credit Coach McGuire, his staff, his players. I thought they executed. That's as well as they played. Um, coming off a of bye week, I thought, I thought they were good, and uh, we, were, we were equally bad. Um, probably as disappointed as I've ever been as a football coach in my entire career, especially in the second half. Um, we go into half 17 to three, and, and I thought we'd kind of weathered the storm there, offense, there with their offense. Um, and I thought we played about as bad as we could offensively, but we showed that we can actually play worse in, in the second half. Um, and you know, this this team's just been a roller coaster. Uh, we played really well against a, a really good football team last week in Baylor and uh, won the game. And then we played about as bad as we possibly can play the game of football today. And, and it's unbelievably uh, frustrating to say the least. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Back here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always, as you just heard, by Pritt and Spano, Ryan Decker, Sam Coniglio here with you, recapping West Virginia's 48-10 loss at Texas Tech. WVU now 3-4 and four on the year and 1-3 and three in Big 12 play. Uh, Sam, some tough breaks for West Virginia in this game. Now, ultimately, they didn't, I don't think, really result or kind of go into the final result of this game. But you look at especially some things early in the first half, for WVU, you nearly had the interception on Texas Tech's first drive of the game. A penalty then stalls West Virginia's uh, what could have been a scoring, a touchdown scoring drive there at the end of the first quarter. And then a review that I didn't actually see as much fan reaction to on social media as I thought we were going to see, but that Sam James, what looked to be a catch that was then reversed, WVU again settles for three points there on that drive. Those were some tough breaks that West Virginia kind of had going against it. And, and Neil Brown spoke about this after the Baylor game. The ball finally bounced WVU's way against Baylor. It bounced the other way today. Yeah, well, let's let's give props to Sam James. Regardless, it won't be in the box score, but that was a heck of a play. It was. Um, it, it, even just from an effort standpoint, um, Dean Blandino on, on the Fox broadcast thought, thought it was a catch, or at least said it wasn't able to be overturned. Right. He was kind of ambiguous there, but um, regardless, the, regardless if the ball was bouncing their way, they lost 48 to 10. You know right. what I mean? There, there, were, there were issues that there were bigger issues than, than just a, a review not going their way, mm -hmm. untimely penalties, or, or a dropped interception. Yeah, don't want to get too deep into this, but you know, tackling was a big issue once again today for West Virginia. You didn't see the drops necessarily be that big of an issue uh, for the Mountaineers. That's been an issue in the past this season, but but really, I mean, it, it was poor tackling and then just really just not being able to stop Texas Tech's offense from from getting going and extending drives, which is really what kind of led to the downfall of WVU on Saturday. Yeah, they, they were struggling to, to read the run. They were struggling to cover open receivers. 
I mean, it just came down to the fundamentals, blocking and tackling and, and covering. Um, um, they, they just they really struggled out there today. So here's some other numbers worth mentioning following the loss. Turnover margin, uh, WVU is plus three and wins this season. That's good. But now minus seven in losses, including four turnovers against Texas Tech. Neil Brown still searching for his first win as a head coach against Texas Tech, as is Graham Harrell as a opponent of Texas Tech, still looking for his first victory against his former college team. WVU 0-2 when playing in the state of Texas this year. Don't believe they will make a return trip to Texas the rest of the season. That's a good note. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. yeah. I guess so. <laughs> no more, no more return trips to the Lone Star State. So that's a good thing. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Here's a, you know, not the greatest thing in the world. WVU one and two in wearing part or all of the country roads uniform. Virginia Tech the lone win in those uniforms. Really want to see WVU win in those uniforms so they continue to wear them. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see them walk off the uh, walk out of Lane Stadium with the with the black diamond trophy yeah. wearing those, but. I mean, the, the magic kind of wore off today in a, in a bit. It's also West Virginia's third loss by 30 or more points since 2019 and is tied with the 2019 loss at Oklahoma for the most lopsided loss since Neil Brown took over the program. That's a 38-point defeat against the Sooners and 38 points here against the Red Raiders. And one final note, and this is really just for me, WVU 0-4 this year when Ryan is not on hand at the stadium. I was away for a wedding slash honeymoon for Bob Huggins' Hall of Fame induction. And now just not at the game because I don't travel. So really, I think it's time to start getting Ryan some plane tickets. What about you? Yeah, I was going to say, let's add you to the travel yeah. party. I'm not, I'm not superstitious, but, you know, again, numbers don't lie. Numbers so. don't lie. This could almost be analytical. Right it, it is analytical. Yeah. It's, we, I don't know what, what it means, why it's going the way it's going, but obviously we need to get you on the plane. The, 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 the analysts there within the WVU football facility will be turning over that number here in the week, at weeks ahead. And, uh getting a hold of people who need to be gotten a hold of. Yeah, I no, think so. I think that's going to have to be in the scouting report for opposing teams, right? Whether or not Ryan Decker is in the stadium. That's a good point. You know, so you know, Neil Brown might have to keep that one quiet, um, just like he likes to keep his starting quarterbacks quiet in the offseason. Yeah. We'll have to keep Ryan Decker's whereabouts pretty quiet. Do I get a mention from Matt Campbell? Because that's the next road trip for WVU is at Ames. Do I get a mention from Matt Campbell ahead of that contest? You know... Well, Matt Campbell's a smart guy. He would find that number. He's probably a listener of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. 100%. So we just we just blew the top on that. But I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, I guess we'll find out next next week. We'll figure it out. All right. Well, coming up for the Mountaineers, it's another tough game, another tough opponent as they will welcome in number eight, currently number eight, TCU for homecoming. And five games remaining in the regular season, including that contest against the Horned Frogs, three against teams currently ranked inside the AP Top 25. It doesn't get easier from here for the Mountaineers, but they went on a similar run at the end of last season to get bowl eligibility, and that's what they're going to have to do at the end of this season. Bad luck for WVU because obviously the, the disappointing start to the season kind of <laughs> knocked them out of contention pretty early, especially with today, with today's result. But I mean, the the Big Twelve is again it's a gauntlet. Half the league is in the is in in, in the top twenty five. So um, one of those clashes between top twenty five opponents, Kansas State and TCU. We'll see if TCU stays in the top ten. Yep. That's going to kick off in nineteen minutes as of this recording. So. We'll, we'll find out um, 
probably by the time this is published. All right, well, we're going to settle into our seats for that one, and that's going to do it for us here in Morgantown after West Virginia's lopsided loss on the road at Texas Tech. We'll see how they bounce back next week against TCU. Make sure to stick with us at GoldenBlueNation.com in the meantime, and as always, on the free Golden Blue Nation app, and if you live in here in the Mountain State on any of your local Next Star TV stations. For Sam Coniglio, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the latest edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com.